Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 89. Today, I'm sharing with you the five reasons why I believe my photography business didn't fail. Guys, the statistics are staggering on how many entrepreneurs and their dreams will be crushed before the five-year mark. And so after making it past that mark, I want to share the five reasons why I think that I was able to find success in a really saturated industry. Regardless of if you're a photographer or not, this podcast episode is going to walk you through the five main pillars of finding success as an entrepreneur. And trust me, guys, it's a really good one. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. All right, guys, let's be honest. This is usually the time where podcast hosts spend five minutes trying to convince you to try some new product or buy something that you just have to have. And I get it because running a podcast is expensive and it's a lot of work. Girls got to eat. But Girls Gotta also stay true to her vision, which is why I dropped all of my podcast sponsors in order to get back to the heart of this show, which is serving up the best free content two times a week for people like you. So today's show is brought to you by this Wisconsin cheese loving photographer, and it is made possible by a little page called www.jkfreebie.com, which is the home of a ton of amazing resources for my fellow photogs out there. Hop over to jkfreebie.com to get your hands on my three custom editing presets, five email templates, and my guide to having happy clients every single time. And there's a lot more over there. So without further ado, let's dive on into today's show. It's a good one. Well, who am I kidding? They are all good. Let's do this. 
Hey guys, it's Jenna Kutcher, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. I'm so excited to dive in to the behind the scenes of my photography business and share the five reasons that my photography business didn't fail. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard this statistic, but it's a little frightening, but 50% of businesses will fail within their first five years. 50%, that's half. That's a staggering, staggering statistic. And now that I'm over six years in to my photography business, I want to walk through some of the reasons why I think I was able to find success in an industry that is so saturated. So regardless of if you are a photographer or you're not, chances are that you're out there competing. There are a lot of people doing what you're doing and offering what you're offering, and it might feel impossible to make it work. But I want to share the reasons why I am still around today day, why my business was a success, and most importantly, why I believe that I didn't fail. Now, in case you don't remember my story, I want to just share it quickly because it plays a big role in some of the things that I've learned. I mean, who am I kidding? We can all look back in our lives and see the paths and the parts where we're like, why is this happening to me? And looking back now, it all makes sense. And I always remind myself of that, even in these days when things might feel confusing or scary or you're wondering or questioning, why me? It's all going to make sense someday. So I went to college for business administration and communication with an emphasis in public relations. And then I also minored in economics. So I had a really well-rounded education. I went to the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point, Go Pointers, great mascot for someone named Stevens Point. And I was on the swim team as a competitive springboard diver, which you may or may not know that about me. Now, I always envisioned that I would go into corporate business. So a lot of the classes that I took while in college were corporate based. I wanted to have that corner office with the big windows. I wanted to kick my feet up on the desk and have on these power stilettos. And that was what I envisioned for my life, which is still so hilarious to me because my life couldn't be any more different than what my vision of success looked like back then. But I think a lot of times when we're younger, we're really impacted by what society tells us we need to do. And we take the path that everyone else is taking. And it took me a long time to understand like, Hey girl, you can go your own way. And I want to sing that song now, but looking back, I mean, truthfully going through and preparing for this episode, I was just reminded of the crazy, crazy road that it's been in order to get to where I am today. And the path to success is not straight. And I can truthfully say that I don't believe that we'll ever feel like we've made it in this life. I don't think we're made to feel that way. I think we're always left wanting more and striving and seeking. And that's a beautiful thing. So a lot of times I question, like, what did I ever do to become a quote, booming success in this industry that I had zero know-how, zero education in? And people always ask me, like, what is the secret to running a six-figure photography business? And I always laugh because I don't think that there's one secret. I look back on all the crazy hard work that's gone into making this happen over the last six years. And while I don't really believe in secrets, I do believe in five incredible 
incredible foundational reasons that I have been able to run a successful, profitable photography business that has allowed me to capture over 125 weddings and counting. It's crazy. So I went to school. I went on to become an executive team leader at a company you might know and love called Target. And I thought that that was my dream job. I was climbing up that ladder. I was climbing quickly, but I was not fulfilled. And there's just something really deep within me, this little gentle nudge, this whisper that I so easily could have ignored that just said, there's something more for you out there. And I think that a lot of us in our lives, regardless of what we're doing, we feel called in some way. And it's really easy in this noisy and busy world to silence those calls or to push them away. But I think that when I look back at my life, I'm so proud that I embraced that call and that I started to take action. Now, it wasn't overnight action. It took a lot of time and a lot of persuasion. But one of the biggest pitfalls that I had to overcome was feeling like a I mean, you see it in forums all day, every day, people making fun of people that go out and buy a camera and suddenly they think they're a photographer. And that's exactly what I was. And that's exactly what a lot of you are. You picked up something, you got passionate about it and you got to work. And I think that that's so beautiful. And so I never, ever want you to fear that being self-taught does not mean that you have to be underpaid or that you can't be successful or that you can't really go after your biggest dreams because this girlfriend over here is self-taught in just about everything that she's currently doing in her life. And I'm proud of that because I'm doing it my way on my terms with my message and my voice. So let's dive into the episode and I want to walk you through these five foundational reasons that I believe I've been able to run this profitable photography business. And I want for you to just really think about where you're at today. What does your business look like? Maybe it's just a dream. Maybe you are in that dream up state. Maybe you have been silencing that voice that is telling you there is something more for too long. And I want for you to just start to think about how you can apply these five principles. So the first thing I want to talk about is branding. You know me, I love to talk about branding. One of the biggest things that I learned after working with thousands of photographers is that we often only see the brand in terms of the visuals. So we are visual people. We're photographers. We're artists. We're creatives. And so we get so obsessed with logos, colors, fonts, websites, business names that we don't focus enough on the way that it feels and the way that it makes our potential clients feel. So for years and years, I just had this strong desire to blend in. It had to go back to that imposter syndrome. I felt like a fraud, so I wanted to feel safe. And I wanted to put myself in a position where I looked like everyone else so that people couldn't call me out on it and say, you don't know what you're doing. And so I desired and had this desire to look like every other photographer out there with a carefully curated portfolio and website with zero personality, with a very, very minor bio that sounded just like people would expect to hear from a photographer. Guys, if your bio section says something like, I love documenting moments. I love being behind my lens. Duh, you're a photographer. If you're a painter and it's like, I love holding a paintbrush in my hand. People expect this stuff. Tell us something that makes us never forget who you are because they already know what you do. They're on your website, right? And so when I look back at those early years, 
I did one thing right and I did a lot of things wrong. And the one thing that I did was right is I understood the need for branding. And while that at the time maybe only looked at the visual aspects, I right away had a logo. I had fonts and colors that were consistent. I looked legit, you guys, before I even had good images. And so after going through the school that I went through, I was obsessed with branding. I thought it was so interesting how people could give themselves this mark and this voice and this vision. And so the problem was, is that while the elements and the visual side of my brand were strong, they weren't necessarily making people feel anything. And I truly believe that your brand has to make people feel something in order to compel them to be sure that you are the right fit. And so your brand extends from your logo and fonts and colors to things like your voice, the way you speak, the clothes you wear, the foods you eat. (laughs) Speaking of mac and cheese, And when your brand simply allows you to just blend in, you're never going to be front of mind to anyone other than someone who simply needs your service and seeks you out. Now, we've all been hired by clients who simply just need a photographer. They don't need you. They don't need you specifically, your style, your editing, your vision. They just need someone with a good camera that knows how to use it. And those jobs, man, those do not make me feel alive. Those jobs are the jobs that I show up for and I'm like, all right, here I am. Let me do my job. Let me collect my paycheck and move on. But that is not aligned with my heart. Like My heart is to make people see images of themselves and feel moved to remember those exact moments as something so special that they are so grateful that they have them documented. And so one of the first reasons why I think that I've been able to be successful is over the years, my brand has absolutely evolved and I finally just got comfortable with being different. I love the quote that only dead fish go with the flow and I was a dead fish for way too long. And finally, I was really, really ready to attract and repel. And I think that a lot of times we talk about that, but nobody wants to repel. We want to be liked. We want to be loved by everyone. And so when I finally just stood up and said, I I am good with not being the right person for everyone. That was when everything changed because it was so clear who I was serving, who I wanted to make feel something, who I wanted to document that it was impossible for my dream clients to ignore that. You have to have a brand that makes people feel something and you have to make sure that you are standing out because there are so many people out there doing what you do, but there is only one you. You have to know that you have to claim that and you have to rest in that today. I feel like the crowd should be saying a loud amen. (laughs) So number two is all about ideal clients. And again, we talk about this all the time, but I want to walk you through my journey of the ever evolving ideal clients because every single year my business has been a thing my ideal client has changed. A lot of times we do this ideal client avatar once we figure out who it is that we're speaking to until kingdom come, which in reality couldn't be further from the truth. As my business has changed, as I have changed, as my brand has changed, so has the person that I am trying to reach. Now, a lot of times people will hear this part. You might be one of them and you're like, yeah, I get it. I need to know my ideal client, but you leave it at that. You never do the work. You never dig around. You never ask those hard questions. You never look at the kind of clients that you're actually attracting and ask yourself, is this them? Is that a yes? Is it a no? Where are your gaps? 
So many of us are struggling in nailing down exactly who it is that we're talking to. So I want to lead this category off and ask you, like, have you ever had this hands down favorite client? Like, don't lie. We've all had them. We like to say we don't have favorites, but we have. And if so, I want you to just write a list of attributes that you loved about working with them. What about that client made it so special? What made you excited? What made you come alive? What, what made you feel valued? There are so many attributes about that dream client that you loved working with. Now, if you've never worked with somebody that your dream client is, or if you're just getting started, what I want for you to do is to take a few minutes to think about who you would absolutely die to work with. Maybe it's someone you follow online. Maybe it's a friend of a friend. What about them makes them desirable to work with? Like this one is important because you want to make sure that you're speaking to them. One of the things that I realized so much in figuring out our ideal clients is that a lot of us are wrapped in fear. Now we're wrapped in fear about what other people are going to think about us. Mostly the people closest to us, our friends and family. And it is crazy to me how we let this dictate our success. Raise your hand if you have ever felt really weird about posting your work on Instagram or Facebook because you're worried about what your friends or family are going to think. Yeah, your hand is in the air because so many of us deal with this and it holds so many of us back from actually going after the things we want to. But my question for you today is this, if your friends and family are not behind you, they are not your friends and family. Like those are not the people in your life. They are not your tribe. You need to find your tribe of people who are sincerely cheering you on, lifting you up, supporting you. The next thing that often hinders our ability to speak to our ideal clients is that we're so worried about what our peers are thinking. We are letting our industry control our success because we are worried about being judged by other people in it. Now, a lot of us have this problem because we follow a lot of our industry peers online. And so we're constantly inundated with the work that everyone else is putting out into the world. We see the captions they write. We see the hashtags they use. We see what kind of images they're sharing. And whether or not we want to admit it, this impacts the way that we feel and we share our work. And this is a problem guys, because I would have never been successful if I didn't truly understand and wrap my mind around who my ideal client is. Now, my ideal client doesn't like super moody wedding photos. I like them. I think they're beautiful. If that's your style, awesome. But my client is the girl who wants to see a picture of a happy bride and imagine herself as that happy bride being documented by me. My bride is super laid back. They don't need a lot of serious portraits. They want to have fun and feel like themselves and feel free. And so when I go to post on social media, I'm not thinking about my friends and family. I am not thinking about my peers in the industry. I am thinking about that one girl who I want to close her eyes and envision exactly what her wedding day is going to look like through my lens. Now, when you know who your ideal client is, this gives you this new, unique opportunity to serve them. You can look and say, what is it that they need? What do I have to offer them? What is it that I can do to make their lives simpler, easier, or to simply add more joy to their life? 
You have to evaluate your ideal clients often. And if you're like me and you run a very multifaceted business, you're going to have multiple ideal clients. We have different ideal clients for my photography, for my education, for our condo, for the sponsors that I work with. I have a different ideal client all across the map. And I have to know as a CEO exactly who I'm speaking to, how they like to be spoken to, and what it is that I have to offer that is going to add value to their lives. Guys, if you have not dug into this, if you just have this general idea of like, it's a woman and she's between the ages of 24 and 32. No, you got to start getting specific because the more specific you can get, the more effective your marketing is going to be. Now, number three is consistent communication. And trust me, I am not perfect at this. This one is so hard, but it is so worth it. And I have learned the pure power of consistent communication communication. And I have also seen the firsthand failures of it. (laughs) Don't ask me about an inbox that once had 1000 unread emails. That's why I now have Caitlin. Now, one of the biggest and most important ways that you can set yourself apart from others in your industry is through your communication and the experience that you can offer through simple touch points like email. When I first started in photography, I was a bride at the time. So I understood how stressful it was to try and get in touch with vendors, to feel through the crazy pricing guides, to navigate the contracts. It all felt like a foreign language to me. And from the very beginning, back when I was juggling a brand new business and a 50 hour a week job, I knew that I had to create a system to stay on top of the communication and to also really connect with the people reaching out to me. I started using templates. I created this system and I was able to not just send things over like prices, but to communicate what set me apart and why I might be the right choice for my couples. Instead of just saying, here are our prices with a word doc attached and numbers on it. I took the time to explain my way of documenting and use communication to create connection. I did a full episode all about setting expectations with your clients. And in that I talk about how you can do this with your email communication. Now, a lot of times we are really, really hard on ourselves and we want to create a really branded experience for every single client. And in that we are stubborn and we say, well, I can't use templates if I'm doing this boutique experience. But the truth is, is that templates can save you. They can save you time. They can save you energy. They can save you from writer's block, but they can also help you get this beautiful branded experience through every step of the way because you have to sit down one time and write beautiful emails that you can save as templates. I am a huge believer in having a consistent communication strategy and in that I love to use items like templates. Now, when I first started, I was trying to just reinvent the wheel. And a lot of times I was going back into my outbox and copying portions of emails and piecemealing it all together. When I finally just sat down and said, okay, what kind of information do my clients need? How can I serve it to them at the right time? How can I answer their questions before they ask them? And so many times we fail to give this experience through email communication. Heck, I was just talking to my sister who recently was married and I asked her what was the most stressful part 
part about planning your day. And she said it was getting in touch with her vendors. A lot of times they were super responsive and then she would book them and then it would be crickets and she would be tracking them down. And it reminded me of how important this can be and how hard it can be as entrepreneurs to stay on top of this, which is why I'm a huge fan of systems, of workflows, and of outsourcing. Calling all photographers, let's be honest, no one told you that becoming a photographer meant spending hours and days behind your computer screen and juggling all the things. Not only are you a photographer, but you're an editor, a designer, a marketer, a blogger, a masterful emailer, a client care representative, an accountant, and so much more. Trust me, I get it. It is busy, it's hard, and it can feel all-consuming. That's why I created some incredible freebies in order to make your life just a little bit easier. Hop on over to jkfreebie.com and snag my favorite three editing presets, five email templates to answer your clients' toughest questions, and so much more. It is waiting for you over at jkfreebie.com. Now let's dive back into the show. Now, number four is obviously something I love, which is a social media strategy. All right. All right, guys. I know I talk about this all the time, but it is one of the biggest reasons that I have become a success as a photographer. And I say success in quotations because it feels so weird to say that. I don't really consider myself a success. I just consider myself as a really strong businesswoman. But Social media strategy is behind all of it. And I went years being known as a social media expert. And so it's obviously no surprise that I want to touch on a few things here before we move on. Now, a lot of photographers right now are struggling on social media. I mean, a lot of artists and creatives and entrepreneurs in general are out there feeling like they are shouting to the masses and that their messages are not being heard. We're getting sucked in. We're getting spit out with the fun old comparison game with struggling with the algorithm with questioning how in heaven's name we are going to stand out in a sea of incredible talent. And the first thing that I want for you to understand is that you need not be on every single platform. We are already trying to juggle all the things and we're feeling guilty because we cannot go and do every single thing. How many of us are like feeling guilty? about something. Maybe we haven't posted to Instagram in a week. Maybe our blog hasn't been refreshed in a month. Maybe our website portfolio has last year's images and outdated information on it. We are walking around with this guilt that is causing stress and anxiety in our lives because we can't do it all. And I want to be the first to tell you, you don't have to do it all. Like, can you just take a deep breath and bask in that fact? Because for so long, I think that so many of us have been out there doing things that just don't feel right for us or authentic or true to our brands. And so I want for you to, instead of focusing of doing all the things, I want for you to create a strategy that is focused on connection and not just your work. This is the number one pitfall I see people falling into is that we become comfortable hiding behind our work. We measure our worth in our work and we are so much more than what we do. And the problem that happens with that is that if and when the day shows up that we want to pivot, that we cannot do what we're doing anymore, that we're not finding joy in the job that we've been doing, we can't pivot because all we're known for is our work. And so I believe in building a brand and 
not just a business. And this has saved me so many times. And so I want for people to think of you long before they need your service or your offer so that you have time to build that know, like, and trust principle that we all know leads to more sales with your dream clients. Now, when you can create various connection points beyond just the service or product you offer, you're going to build a relationship with the client so that you are always front of mind. For example, everyone knows that I love mac and cheese. It's in our podcast intro. It's all over my website. I love mac and cheese. And now I have to eat gluten-free mac and cheese, but I can tell you it's still really good. But here's the reason. It's not just because I love carbs, which I do, but it's because I want for people to think of me whenever they see mac and cheese. You would have no idea how many messages I get every day with different mac and cheese recipes, different festivals going on, different restaurants that serve mac and cheese. It's so cool to me because I am known for different things other than just what I do. People will tag me in dog photos because they know I am an obsessed dog mom. People will tag me in yoga pants ads because I live in yoga pants. And so when you look at creating a business or creating a brand, you have to start focusing on creating a brand and then finding that voice and sharing it on social media. So what is it that you love? Do you love being in front of the camera? If so, maybe you should have a YouTube channel or do Facebook lives. Maybe you love Instagram and the visual component of pairing an image with a caption. Maybe you don't want to be in the rat race for more followers and so you opt for Pinterest because you can use it like a search engine and use strategic keywords to get your work found. Maybe Facebook is where your audience hangs and so then you create some sort of structure and system around what you're posting. Now the good news is is that so many of these things can be automated in our businesses so that we are not constantly always creating because we're doing so many different things every day. Being a photographer means being tethered to your computer. You're editing, you're blogging, you're doing accounting, you're doing client care, you're ordering albums, you're delivering galleries. There are so many aspects of being a photographer that have nothing to do with pushing a button on a camera. And so you have to figure out where your skills lie, what excites you, what platform your people are on, and then you've got to create a system, guys system, system, systems. So for me, I like to hang out on Instagram the most. I'd say Pinterest is second and then Facebook. And all of those platforms partner together, have different goals in mind. And so I have a different strategy for each. And before you start to feel all overwhelmed, there are ways to leverage these strategies and to automate them so that you're not constantly sitting on social media. I recently got an app on my phone that measures how much I am on my phone because I realized like Jenna, you are like sitting there scrolling when you're bored, when you're waiting for your latte to be made. And so this moment app, it's a free app. It tells you how much time you're spending on your phone. Reminded me to just log off, automate things, log off. You can hop on to engage with your audience after you've posted something, but you do not need to be connected all of the time. In fact, if you are, it's probably hindering your ability to get real work done. So number four was a social media strategy. There are so many episodes on this show that really break down how I do things, what I do and where I place my efforts. So let's move on to number five, which is workflows. 
Now, no one ever told you that being an entrepreneur meant spending all of this time behind a computer screen trying to navigate wearing all the hats. No one told us that. And I think it's so funny because when we say like, hey, I'm a photographer, people imagine us out there shooting. But in reality, shooting is probably 5% of what we do on a day-to-day basis. So creating system and workflows was critical in finding success as an entrepreneur, no matter what field you are in, regardless of if you're a photographer or not, you have to create systems and workflows in your business. And I knew that if I was going to do it all and do it even remotely well, I had to systemize everything from email communication to shooting all the way through delivery for my clients. Workflows are the reason that I have been able to expand and grow my business and my team because I've created systems that I can hand off to my team that work that are still on brand that are still my voice and that are way easier and less stressful than believing that lie that no one can do it as well as I can. Now, trust me, I know this. Photographers, we are a proud bunch of people. We love to think that we are the only ones that can do certain things. And this is not just limited to our industry, but hey, I see you out there telling me that only you could do certain things. I'm going to tell you that when I was a one woman show, I had a capacity and I hit it and I hit my bandwidth and I could not expand. I could not grow. I had zero time to even think bigger. I mean, I was exhausted. There was a season where I shot 30 weddings between the months of May and November. So if you do the math, there were a lot of double headers a ton of weddings. I mean, I think I had maybe one or two weekends off that entire stretch. I was flailing. I was barely keeping up. I was exhausted. I was not a good wife. I was not a good human. I look back at that time and the number one lie that I was believing was that I had to do everything and nobody could do it as well as I could. And I think that is a pride thing. I think so many of us want to believe that we're irreplaceable, but the truth of the matter is, is that I have learned and accepted and embraced so fully that there are people out there that can take things off of our plates so that we can focus on the things that only we can focus on. And the only way to get to a place where you can hand things off is having workflows and systems. You have to start systemizing things in your business to not just ease the burden on yourself, but to set yourself up to someday have a team. If the idea of a team feels so far-fetched, first off, let me tell you that about a year and a half ago, I literally did not have any team. It was just still me. But I look at the things that I've been able to accomplish in the last year and a half, and I know without a shadow of a doubt that I could have never done those things had I not learned the power of asking for help and paying for it. And if you're going to say, well, Jenna, I just don't have the funds to do that. I'm going to ask you this question. What is your time worth? Because we are so willing to trade this non-renewable resource, which is our time, for money. We're afraid to trade our time for money. And for me, I can go out and make more money. And if I have more time, I can absolutely make more money. And so why is it that we are willing to waste day after day doing things that we don't need to be doing because we're too afraid to pay somebody $20, $50, $100, $1,000 to help us? 
My time is my biggest motivator. And I think that that has provided so much clarity as I've grown and scaled my business because I don't necessarily look at money as the measure of my success, but I look at how I'm spending my days and my time. Am I doing the things that only I can do? Am I impacting the people in a way that only I can impact? And is my team excited and fulfilled and appreciated doing the things that are truly helping me be the best person that I can be. So in summary, I want to run through one through five one more time and remind you guys that this is a slow grow. Forward is forward. I don't care how slow you are moving or shuffling your feet, but you have to start moving towards these five things if you do not want to fail. Because remember that statistic at the beginning of the show, 50% of businesses fail in the first five years. That's crazy, guys. You are worthy of chasing your biggest dreams and getting paid to do it. So number one is branding. Having a brand that's not just beautiful, but a brand that makes people feel something. And not just people, but your ideal clients. Speaking of ideal clients, that was number two. How well and intimately do you know your ideal clients and how much do you let them impact what you're sharing and how you're sharing it? They need to be the center of your focus in what you are putting out into the world. You can no longer let your peers or the fear of your friends and family and what they think of you hold you back. Number three is consistent communication, figuring out how you can give an experience through your communication without being stuck in your inbox all day, every day. What does that system look like? How can you create templates so that you can give this branded experience to every single one of your clients while setting expectations, setting yourself up for success and not reinventing the wheel every time you go to create a new email? Number four is a sound social media strategy. You know, I love it. Figure out what platforms your ideal clients are on, where you shine the best, where your time is best spent and get strategic with it. Plan it out, spend some time, be consistent and communicate so that you can create connection. And last but not least, number five is workflows. Create workflows, create systems within your business so that when the time comes that you can hire, you something that you can hand off knowing very well that it is branded, that is up to your standards, that it is your voice and it's something that you're proud of so that you can get back to doing the things that only you can do. Looking back over the last six years, man, it has been a journey. It has been a really, really big roller coaster with some really incredible moments and some moments where I just wanted to throw in the towel because I didn't feel cut out for it. But there is a reason that I have been successful and I want the same for you. I want you to follow these five things. I want for you to think about them. I want for you to own them, own your dreams and go after them. And if you have that gentle nudge in your heart, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm just not responding to the call right now, I want for you to start to get serious about that because you were made to do more than punch a time clock and collect a paycheck. And I believe that in the core of my being. And so gold diggers, I want for you to get out and chase your biggest goals. Thank you so much for letting me be a voice in your life. And I truly hope that this podcast is changing the way that you are looking at your dreams so that you can get out and tackle them because you, my friend, you are capable, you are confident, and you are worthy. I will talk to you soon. Until next time. 
Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You gold digging dream chaser, you.